Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. It's Ethan Skolnick of the Five Reasons Sports Network and Five on the Floor. Before we get to today's episode with Amin, one you're going to want to stick around for, make sure you check out our sponsor. That's East Coast Public Adjusters. They want to let you know there's only 10 months left to open your IRMA claim. That's right. Call now before it's too late. That's 855-GET-ECPA. Do you have a leaky roof, experiencing plumbing issues? These problems are most likely covered by your insurance policy. So don't settle for less for a free, no obligation inspection call east coast public adjusters they've been in business for 31 years that's right since the miami heat were born 1988 here's the number again 855 get ecpa or visit their website ecpaclaims.com their knowledgeable staff standing by to answer all of your questions and now today's episode welcome to five on the floor a Miami Heat and NBA podcast from Ethan Skolnick with Alphonse Sydney, a.k.a. Alf954. Brought to you by the Five Reasons Sports Network. All right, now we get to our next guest on the Five on the Floor podcast on the Five Reasons Sports Network. You can find him on the jump on ESPN with Rachel Nichols and the rest of that crew. And also, of course, on Sirius XM. NBA. He's a guy who I've uh, hung out with a little bit down here in Miami. I know he likes this area quite a bit. He's Amin El Hassan. You can find him on Twitter at what is it again? I mean, give it to me again. What is, what is the Twitter handle? Darth Amin. D A R T H A M I N. Can you give people sort of the, uh, the? I think I know, but what is the genesis of that? Oh, I'm a big Star Wars fan. That's all, and <laughs> a lot of people think that I'm like a bad guy, so. Why not lean into it a little bit? All right. So, okay. And I've got Alex here too, and we'll get into some of these basketball questions here in a second. But why do, why do people think you're a bad guy? I mean, because I don't think you're a bad guy. Yeah, well, because you're an intelligent human being who's actually met me. Uh, but most people uh, I, who think that I'm a bad guy is because I don't sugarcoat a whole lot. And I say the things that no one wants to talk about or people want to gloss over when discussing their favorite team or their favorite player or something like that. And for me, I just like, I like to have a real big picture, like let's acknowledge all these things. So for instance, a lot of people got mad last week when I said, you know, what was the most, uh, I think uh, George Sedano asked, what was the most important part of the Lakers eight game win streak at that time? Was their offense or their defense? I said, well, it's a schedule because if you look at it, it really hadn't, beaten anybody that doesn't mean they're a bad team but that doesn't mean that we can't acknowledge that they've played an incredibly tall schedule to that point uh and a lot of Lakers fans don't want to hear that they want to hear that everything is perfect and they're god's gift to basketball and anything that happened is purely through their own brilliance and not because of any other factors that contribute and that's just not really how i approach things all right we're going to get to alex here in a second but before we do can you give me the the three takes that you've given over the years that have made people the angriest? Because I think I know what one of them is, but what, what, oh, one, give, give one me three. The biggest one, obviously, and I was way wrong on it, but, you know, I, to, to be fair, 
what was happening at that time was very was supportive of this, which was LeBron looked like in 2016 he was winding down midway through that season. He looked like it, it wasn't, you know, like he was starting to slow down. And we got to the finals, the first four games of those finals, they were down 3-1 and played outplayed very handily. I, mean, I, I, I put nails all through his coffin. And not only obviously the, one of the greatest comeback or the greatest comeback in NBA Finals history, uh, but then he proceeded to put together the next four years of just, or three or four years of just incredible basketball that I just didn't see at that time in the middle of 2016 when I started to say, he, said, he looks like he's starting to lose a step and he, he needs to kind of start to transition to the next part of his career. I didn't see that coming and I, I don't have a problem with it. But at the time when I said it, even as all these things were happening, people were very angry because people wanted to believe in the mythology of LeBron. And, you know, in that case, the mythology turned out to be true. He really did come back to life and do all that stuff. So I, I can take that one. And then what are the other ones? Um, well, there was one down here, right? Like, I mean, there was one down here you were right about. I mean, what, Hassan, right? The, Hassan. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't think people were angry. I don't think people were angry. I don't think Heat fans weren't angry. The Heat organization wasn't angry. Hassan Whiteside was angry. Uh, his representatives were angry. But for the most part, I never got pushback from the Heat, and I never – and I didn't get Heat fans really clamoring – even when he, you know, in the beginning when he was playing well, there was a lot of questions. Are you sure? Or how could this be? Or whatever. But it was never, oh, you stink. And, you know, it wasn't like, it wasn't like, like, uh, like, for instance, like saying that LeBron was about to be done. Yeah, and I remember speaking for Heat fans, my favorite moment is the Heat with mean when, when he really got yourself in that stance early on and called Dragic a top five point guard in the league on the Levitard I, I never said that. I never said that. This is a oh, funny I thing. remember the chance. They have, what I they remember. Have a, they have a chance. They have a chance that they play the regional. I never actually said that. And that's, and that's the fun of being on that show. That's what I enjoy about that show, is that no one takes anything seriously. We can have fun with it. But I do really enjoy like, the idea that people are like, oh, me said, no, no, I didn't. Did you hear me say it? Or did you hear Mike Ryan sing it? There's, there's a big difference in those two things. That's true. That's true. But you were definitely singing Dragic's praise, and I think people had you as somebody who – who appreciated what the Heat brought. But now yeah. transitioning to the Heat, how do you think they fare, you know, in that top five or six that's been pretty crunched together this whole time? Where do you think they stand among that group? Well, I think, uh, you know, you have to give a lot of credit, first of all, to Coach Spo and that staff for putting together a, a, a system that – on both ends of the ball, play extremely hard. They're very, very good defensively, very versatile, and they switch. They can switch a whole lot. Um, and then offensively, the ball moves and it doesn't stick. And I think this is the way Spo has wanted to coach for a while as far as the offensive side and just because of personnel they haven't been able to. And with the departure of Hassan and being able to play Bam a bunch of minutes out there and Bam being such a good passer as a big and his improvement as a player overall, has really freed them. And then the other thing is Jimmy Butler, you know, I got, now this is a take that, uh, again, not widely held, but I got in a big argument with Dan Levitard a year ago when Jimmy was trying to get out of Minnesota. And I said, this guy's a superstar. And Dan and my wow, he's not a superstar. I said, why? Because he's not a commercial. If you're asking me, does he sell jerseys, sell tickets? Okay, he's not a superstar by that definition. But by the definition of impacting wins and losses, yeah, he absolutely is. He's, he's that good. 
And now he's here. And it's funny, I think someone who doesn't watch Miami play would look at Jimmy Butler's numbers and say, wait a second, I mean, this guy who's averaging um, just about 20 points a game and he's only shooting about 13 times a game, Hey, this is this is your superstar. I don't know. And I said, well, if you watch, you can see that clearly everything goes through him, and it's an incredible. And when they need one, like they did, when they needed ten in a row or whatever it was against Brooklyn the other day, mm-hmm. you give it to him and he get it. But he's not going to usurp the offense. I got to shoot forty times because I'm the superstar. He's not going to uh, demand to be kind of uh, the play determinator on every single play. He's going to play within the offense and within the scheme. And when he does, you can see this team is incredibly, incredibly effective. Now, when it comes to the playoffs, I don't know if that's going to be enough. I don't know if what they have right now is enough. But for the regular season, it looks like they're, they're going to be good enough to keep this on, uh, barring injury. But, I mean, isn't that the paradox of Jimmy Butler that, you know, I think a lot of people haven't understood because there was this perception of him as a quote-unquote bad teammate, right? Like that's, mm-hmm. that's what we heard at the end in Chicago. That's what we heard throughout in Minnesota. And then that kind of trickled out of Philadelphia too with the issues he had with Brett Brown that maybe he and Simmons weren't – he and Embiid obviously were great, but, but he and Simmons maybe didn't have the best relationship. And that's everything that we heard. And I kept saying, well, the Heat embrace – the type of personality that other teams yeah. run from, right? They, th- that's the personality they want. But then when you watch Jimmy as a player, he's totally the opposite of a bad teammate. Well, first thing, he's been a great teammate in terms of what he's done with the young guys off the floor here so far. But, like, on the court, like, he has a lot of LeBron in him. Like, the, the unselfishness, the – I mean, he, he doesn't do anything as well as LeBron did in his peak, but he does everything, like mm-hmm. – almost as well, right? Like, not not quite at that level, but... He's but well-rounded. He's, he's well-rounded. Yeah, he's well-rounded, just not as good as LeBron, yeah. Right, but you, but you talk to people in front... I mean, you worked in a front office. You talk to people in front offices. What was the perception of Jimmy Butler in terms of selfish guy, unselfish guy? So, I, I like, I... Because I, I know a bunch of people around Jimmy... Uh, I first met Jimmy the year when I think Joe Kim Noah and Derek Rose left and um, he came on the jump and he told us unprompted, by the way, he said, we said, what do you need to improve on? You know, this is the beginning of him becoming a star in this league. And he says, I need to be a leader because I've never been a leader in my entire life. And I'm, that staggered me that he would be that open and that honest. And it's the whole thing was like, I, I went to a small school. I went to Juco. I went to Marquette. And when I was at Marquette, Wesley Matthews and Darius Johnson Odom and those guys and, and Jay Crowder, they were the leaders. And I got Chicago and I was the 30th pick and Joe Kim and Derek Rose and Todd, those are the leaders. And then all of a sudden now for the first time in my basketball life, I got to be a leader. And I've never had any experience that where usually NBA stars, like they're the best player on their AU team and they're usually the best player on their college team. And so they've had that experience of leading on some level or another. And so I thought that was incredibly self-aware of him uh, to say that. And, and basically Jimmy's whole thing is, if you look at why he has flamed out of places, it's always been because he is an incredibly hard worker who wants and craves a structured, heavily disciplined environment. The type that is, dare I say, a dying uh, dying breed in this league in terms of hard nose coach, hard practices, people who hard hat and lunch fail do this without coddling, without 
a whole lot of uh, shortcuts or whatever, right? He went from a guy who exemplified that in Tom Thibodeau in Chicago to Fred Hoiberg, who was a very, a lot looser guy. And Jimmy didn't like it and didn't respond to it. And, didn't, and to be fair, didn't respect it. And that kind of paved the way for him to get out. Goes to Minnesota. He's there with Tibbs. And he's thriving. But the organization makes uh, exceptions for Towns and Wiggins. They coddle them. They don't hold them to the same standard that Jimmy's held to. And most importantly, while Tibbs is telling him, you're my most important guy. You're the reason why we're winning. They, we broke the playoffs because of you. When it came down to paying him, they're like, ah, I don't know, we got it. We got maxes for these two guys, but for you, we want to take a discount. And for Jimmy Butler, like, well, you're saying one thing to me, but you're showing me something different. So he wanted out. And he asked in April to, of that year, of that playoff year, to go out and to get traded. And it was not met with the right response. And then May and then June and July and August and September. And at some point you say, how many times do I have to tell you, I don't want you. I don't want to be here anymore. And the, and the only way you can get that message across, at the time I said this, in the NFL, if someone is disgruntled about their contract, what do they do? They hold out. I'm not showing up. And it's a big deal. When's he going to show up to camp? When's he going to report? In the NBA, it's the opposite. When I don't want to be here, I show up. I show up and I mess things up. And then to convince everyone, like, we can't have him around. He's going to ruin everything. And Jimmy did that at the highest level I've ever seen before. So to me, there's a lot of context that's removed when you say Jimmy Butler is a bad guy. And even if you, and if you don't pay attention to that context, you don't realize there is no other place in the league, except maybe San Antonio, that was more suited for his personality and what, what I said he craved. Discipline and structure. That's Miami. They have teams. It's the only team in the league that sells a t-shirt that just says the word culture on it. Right? Nothing else. There's no mm-hmm. fancy, like, names of players or characters. Culture. That's what they're about here. And it was a, a match made in heaven. And that's why you can see this dude propel his team to this great record, be all the things that you described, Ethan, while averaging 13 shot attempts in the game. Mm-hmm. All right. So we've seen what he's done so far, and particularly we've seen what he's done with these young players. So as someone, again, who talks to people in various front offices and has – uh, you know, kind of an understanding of, of where players fit. Uh, what what do you think the perception of the Heat's young group is? I mean, we, obviously, Adebayo, uh, Winslow, who seems to be the most polarizing locally, at least. Um, that there's a segment of Heat fans that doesn't appreciate anything about him, and there's another segment that it, everything is just as better. There, there doesn't seem to be any any in between. They called him the new Tannehill. He's the new Tannehill, right? Except it hasn't been seven years and he's not that old. Uh, but but also, obviously, Tyler Hero, um, you know, and then Kendrick Nunn, who, you know, is, is has tailed off the past couple of weeks, I think, as some weaknesses have started to show in his game, but has been obviously a revelation. Where does their young group rank? Uh, and do you see stars in it? Well, this is an interesting one. I think, as they've always done throughout their history, they've been able to get incredible value on, you know, short investment. So Kendrick Nunn signed on the last day of the year last year, right? Uh, Bam Adebayo, lower lottery player. Uh, Tyler Hill, lower lottery player. Uh, they, they do an incredible job of drafting and developing. Um, of those guys, to me, Bam is the one who's special. I, like, I think Tyler Hill is going to be a nice little player in this league. 
Um, and, you know, as he grows and develops, maybe he could be something more. Uh, I think Justice is a nice, solid player. Uh, very appropriately paid. What he makes right now, that's exactly the kind of player he is. It's perfect, right? Um, um, and Kendrick Nunn is a nice find, but it's not, I don't, I'm not on the Mike Ryan train. Mike Ryan, Mike Ryan said to me at the beginning of the year, Kendrick Nunn is the type of talent that teams tank for. And <laughs> it's like, you need to pump the brakes, but, but in terms of a guy that you, you got basically off the scrap heap, when anyone could have had him, yes, he's, he's an incredible find and he's an incredible value. Bam is different because Bam, first of all, obviously has an opportunity to, a, to be an elite defender in this league, guard multiple positions, rebound the ball, um, uh, rim protect, all those things. But what makes Bam special is that offensively he has an IQ and a feel and an ability to make plays that we don't often see out of that big position. I was talking with a buddy of mine, uh, who works uh, for, for another team. And we're trying to name all the bigs who I can set a pick and roll with and then give it to them. And then they can in turn become the ball handler playmaker and make another play after that. So the Draymond greens, if you will, of the league. And there's not that many of them. It's like, okay. And be uh, Jokic, um, okay. uh, Draymond, obviously. Uh, towns. So a lot of these guys are like I'm naming are all these are all max level players, right? Black, Blake Griffin, Kevin Love. Um, uh, you get the gist. It's a very short list, and everyone on that list. There's no like mediocre player. There's no Clint Capellas on that list. Right? And not to call him mediocre, but there's no like average or pretty decent good NBA players on that list. Those are all like multiple time all stars. These are all all NBA performers. And Dam is doing that at a very early stage of his career where he's still like things like a 15 foot jump shot are still kind of in the works for him. So he's got an opportunity to me to be like one of the rarest things you can have in this league, which is because even when I name those, those bigs, okay, how many of those guys are great defensive players? That list gets exactly. small in a hurry, in a hurry. Like a lot of those names I had, like, yo, kid, get them out of here. Right. Uh, love, get them out of here. Blake Griffin, get them out of here. So he's got an opportunity to be kind of in the sweet spot of all these different things. And and to me, that's something that if I were the, the Heat, you know, and, and we already saw this when earlier trade proposals came around over the last year or so, Bam's untouchable. Because that's so hard to find a guy like that. I can find, to whatever Tyler Hero becomes, I can find another Tyler Hero. Uh, or, or a reasonable facsimile thereof. I don't know if you can find another, another Bam out of bio. See, I 100% agree with you. Piggybacking off what you're talking about, Bam, I think the versatility that he provides along with Jimmy on defense allows you to really become, you know, tougher competition for these other teams that we're talking about in the East, like Toronto. You saw what, what happened the other night. He's, he's like the perfect guy to guard a Pascal Siakam, right? You can throw him on a bunch of different types of players and he's going to do a good job. Not to mention the fact that they got Jimmy and Justice there. And when you go on over to Justice, it's like Ethan mentioned before, he's still very polarizing. The fact that I don't know. A lot of people still don't really seem to see the vision with him as a starting point guard, somebody who gets Jimmy into his sets. You got to get shooters around him for sure. But the defensive trio of him, yeah. uh, Jimmy and Bam really has to be like, I think what the heat depends on when it comes in the playoffs. And I think Justice still needs to, on his side, get his shots up, right? And, and actually make some of the shots, make open layups at the rim. 
what, how do you feel about him? And if he's somebody that you should, at the end of the day, flip as a part of a package for somebody else or actually go with that vision? Well, I think when you say flip, you always got to tell me who we're getting back. If it's Bradley Beal, obviously, you know, he can't do that now. But if it sounds like it's Bradley Beal, sayonara, have fun in D.C. Like, you know, you, depending on what the return is, it determines on whether I would throw him in or not. But Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes. So doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M dot com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. To me, Justice Winslow, the biggest thing about him, and I just something I don't know if he can improve this or not, but the finishing at the rim, the shooting. I think his shooting has actually been adequate the last two or three years. He's not a bad shooter. Yep. He's not a bad shooter from the perimeter. He's not a bad three point shooter. He's not Kyle, the next coming of Kyle Korver, but he's he's also not uh, you know Russell Westbrook or someone like that. We just laying bricks. But it's the finishing at the rim. That's what t- that that's what's keeping him from being more than what he already is. Is because he can he, he gets to the front of the rim anytime he wants, and then for whatever reason he misses these layups. And that I think is something uh, that, that that as we track him, that's going to determine how much you fall in love with his game or not. But the, the decision to make him a point guard to put the ball in his hands, I think that was that saved his career because he was really struggling before that. And by virtue of putting the ball in his hands and, and taking advantage of his ability to, to penetrate and his decent passing, um, and also, you know, if he's got the ball in his hands and he's passing, that means he's not shooting, right? And it, it, it allows you to load the floor with more shooting around him. So I think that's all nice things. But at the end of the day, the one thing I've always said about the Miami Heat, the most critical thing I said about Pat Riley the last few years is that he paid guys that he's made a career of finding for free. Yep. He paid Dion. He paid James Johnson. He paid Hassan Whiteside. You're Pat Riley. Go find the next Hassan Whiteside. Go find the next Dion Waiters. Go find the next James Johnson. Like it's, you're the guy who, and this isn't like the last three years, like go back Ike Austin and Vashon Leonard and all these weird people who and came Bruce out of nowhere. Bowen and, and Anthony Carter and, and Mike Bruce James. Bowen, and, Anthony and, right. Carter and, Mike, right. and, and if you want to go further back to New York, was John Starks was bagging groceries in Tokyo. And Anthony Obama. Mason. <laughs> Anthony Mason was, was like playing in, this, in like Venezuela or somewhere like that. So mm-hmm. this is a guy who over three decades has easily just gone and find these guys and develop them and make them good. And so now all of a sudden Tyler Johnson, I know I can't let him go. Why? Go find the next Tyler Johnson. <laughs> and, and, and so justice to me, he's in that caliber of, yo, you're really good. I want you around. But there's going to come a day as he continues to, right now his contract is good. But when the contract starts to run up, 
there's going to come a day where it's like, oh, Justice Winslow wants like $23 million a year. I'm like, all right, then why don't get $23 million somewhere else? Thanks for the memories, and we'll find the next Justice Winslow. Yeah, you and I have had this discussion at games. I mean, there's no question about it. I mean, it's been that's my biggest frustration with them for that two-year period is they forgot who they were. I, you know, and 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 I think a lot of it. And, you know, I mean, you mentioned like Ronnie Magruder. This time they let him walk, right? Like, you know, mm-hmm. at, at a certain point, the guy, and that's why they got Kendrick Nunn, right? Uh, because yeah. you can always find the next, and that's what frustrated me about them. But I think the reason it happened, and I've said this repeatedly, is I think Pat got yeah. sentimental because what happened with the breakup of the big three, you know, where everybody left unhappy, right? Like Bosch was unhappy, but it was not really the heat's fault, right? Wade was unhappy. That was the heat's fault. Uh, you know, LeBron was unhappy for a variety of reasons left. Chalmers was pissed on the way out the door. Mike Miller was amnesty. Joel Anthony was salary dumped. Uh, you know, Shane Battier wasn't even happy the last year. Ray didn't speak to Eric the last year, essentially. Uh, you know, so right. everybody kind of left unhappy. And then it was like Dion Waiters and James Johnson said culture a few thousand times. And oh, we got to pay these guys for you. <laughs> It, it's, it, it just, it, I, I think that, I think that's what happened. And I think they've learned from, it. and if you look what they've done over the past uh, year, which I think they had an outstanding off season, I said at the time, and I had them. And I mean, we're, after the break, I want to get to this with you because I had them as a three seed before the year. And I don't think a lot of people did. Um, but I, I think they've gotten back to, to themselves. And I think that's why when we talk about Winslow, you know, I like Justice. I'm a big Justice supporter, but it has a little bit of a Karan Butler feel to me. It has a little bit of a Lamar Odom feel to me where like, you know, it has a little bit of a Josh Richardson feel to me where it's like, OK, we've got this player we like, but there's a Shaq, there's a Jimmy Butler and maybe there's a Bradley Beal. Right. And so, you know, we're essentially the very good piece becomes the centerpiece for getting the great piece. And and I think that may be where we're headed. But I want to get to that with Amin here after the break. But I want to tell you about a great sponsor, the Five Reasons Sports Network, and that's the Seltzer Mayberg Law Firm. They handle cases all over the state, immigration, personal injury, traffic tickets. They've handled a couple of mine, I hate to say, but they did a great job with it. You can find them at onecalllegal.com. That's onecalllegal.com. There's someone 24 hours a day, and their office is right there in North Miami, right off I-95. You're stuck on the Golden Glades. You can't get to Fort Lauderdale. Just come say hello. They're the Seltzer Mayberg Law Firm at onecalllegal.com. All right, I mean, so let's get back to this because 2021 is out there. Um, I have tweeted and about 3,000 people retweeted this one because Heat fans are thinking the same thing, that the Heat are building a team for someone like Giannis to love. Um, Shooters, the only guy in the league who shares his agent (laughs) in Bam Adebayo, you know, an unselfish team with a lot of guys who like to pass, including Bam, uh, a lot of youth in a metropolitan market, uh, a diverse market. Tell me why I'm crazy to think that Giannis is the target for the Heat and that there's a reasonable possibility of him being LeBron 2.0, where he doesn't win a championship in Milwaukee, where it's hard to attract a great second player. And after seven years or so, decides I need to go somewhere where I can win one if, if I'm not going to win there. Tell me why I'm crazy. Well, I think they're, they're absolutely setting their tables up to, to be able, you know, Pat Riley doesn't go after small fish. He goes whale hunting. And Giannis is going to be the whale of 2021 that everyone's got their eye on. So it doesn't surprise me at all that they're setting everything up for that. Um, the, the, I guess the, the things that would get in the way of that happening is one, there's a lot of competition is going to be coming from a lot of different places, Toronto, my, uh, New York, uh, 
are chief among those two, I, I would say. Uh, Dallas is another one that's hot on the trail. Um, they, well, two out of those three destinations can offer, uh, you know, great culture and a championship winning pedigree and, and, uh, and great young talent that's already there. Um, and then the other part of that is Miami, the star that Miami's going to point to, you can come play with Jimmy Butler will be 32 years old, going on 33 by that, by that time. So the good news is they've got enough flexibility that they can still make other things happen and still be in the, in the running for Giannis in that off season. But um, I, I think, you know, the biggest difference between where we were as a league, maybe 15 or 10, 10 years ago, and and now is that it used to be when the big free agents came up, what, every year there was probably like seven teams that had cap straight. And the vast majority of the rest of the league was just capped out. And now, because of the virtue of contracts being shorter and people being a lot more fiscally kind of aware, it seems like any time there's a major free agent market, there's going to be a lot of teams with cap space. And so you're always in this competition with everyone else. So. If you're Giannis, you go to Dallas, you say, hey, they got a bunch of, they have an international flair there. Um, Luca and he, him and Luca are friends. Uh, and Tony Ronzoni is the director of international scouting there. And he's one of those dudes who put in a lot of legwork, getting to know a lot of these people overseas and stuff. And you got a Porzingis there already. And like I said, they, they won a championship or, you know, and, and they look like they're coming up. If you're Toronto, Maasai is, Nigerian and so and they've got Siakam and it's an international city and you know a, a big one of the few cities where you could point to saying they have a big Nigerian and Greek population right like it's like New York and Toronto I think are the only two places that can that can point to both immigrant populations being large within that and so you're going to have competition I guess is what I'm saying you're going to have competition for services but as I'm always a believer of, look, if you want to go get someone like that, then you have to put yourself in a position to be able to go out and get them. You can't say, well, there's going to be a lot of competition, so I'm going to self-select myself out of that race by screwing that up, uh, whether it's paying the guys that we already have that we kind of like or whatever. And and that, that's going to be the interesting thing is how do they manage all of their um, their assets and their, their cap sheets moving forward uh, so that they're continuing making this team better and giving it a good chance to be competitive while also not jeopardizing that cap space. I think we see that right now where a lot of people are looking at the Heat like, wow, the Heat are a lot better than we thought. Wait, does this mean we have to go get a second star? Because that means we might be able to win the East. Well, if you do that, who's that second star? What are you giving up to get them? And how does he impact the future cap sheet? The, uh, the, the name Chris Paul gets bandied around a lot. To me, I'm like, oh, you know, there's a part of me that says I could see where his skill set will come in very handy in the in the playoffs when everything slows down and just him having the ball in his hands and making decisions, that's great. But he's got, what, it's $85 million in salary after this year still due to him. I mean, you, 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 that last year he makes $45 million. I don't know what you do. I mean, you're stuck with that. That's that's your contract. Have fun with it. And that's the kind of thing that, because you go got a, a, went out and got an agent, Chris Paul, you self-selected yourself out of the Giannis sweepstakes in 2021. 
See, and that's interesting. I think you nailed everything you just said right now about that's kind of been, I think people still want to see what happens with this team in the playoffs. They want to see this iteration of the team, but I'm pretty sure everybody knows in the back of their head that, you know, Jimmy needs somebody else. He needs another elite or all-star type shot creator next to him if they really want to compete in the Eastern Conference at the highest levels, right? And I think that's something that everybody has said is that you want to trade for somebody if you do want to make a trade for somebody who is going to be up in 2021. Unfortunately, the list is a little bit, let's just say controversial. Like, I don't think people would want to trade for DeMar DeRozan, LaMarcus Aldridge. Like, those types of guys have not had a good feedback from Heat fans. That's not somebody who I think they should be trading for either. Because the thing is, that probably requires, like, a Justice Winslow. So, the thing then just becomes just waiting until 2021. The question question is, A, will this acquisition realistically change what's going to happen this year? Exactly. All right, like, you go get DeMar DeRozan, we're going to win a championship? Well, I can't promise you because... (laughs) <laughs> like there's other good teams out there. So yeah. given that. The line might be like a Blake Griffin type, I think. Or Drew Holiday, maybe yeah, one of those types. To me, like Blake Griffin goes back to the Chris Paul thing. Like the, I'm, like, I'm going to pay a bunch of money for a guy who's getting, who's deteriorating, crumbling right before my eyes. The, the, the real question is, are y'all comfortable saying this is our team and wherever we get to with it, that's where we're going to get to. And, and I, to me, sometimes like, I get it, these windows open, these windows close, but sometimes you got to be realistic. It's like, if we're not getting Bradley Beal or someone like that, then there's no point in going out and getting an aging dude so that we might win one extra game in a playoff series. Right. So for what? What did you give that all out for? You might as well just ride it out and see where it goes. To, to me, I mean, uh, Beal's the guy, uh, but once he took himself off the mark, I mean, he, to me, Beal's the only guy that was worth blowing up the chance at Giannis. Um, and because he's just a perfect fit for here. I mean, Bradley Bill yeah. would fit perfectly. Uh, he's exactly what they need from a basketball standpoint. He's still improving. He's still young. He hasn't won all that much. I think the culture, quote unquote, here would be great for him. He has a relationship with Dwayne. There's a lot of reasons why Bradley Beal, you know, obviously Billy Donovan has a relationship with the Heat organization. There's familiar. There's a lot of reasons why that would make a lot of sense. But once he took himself out of the game this year. You know, then to me, there's nothing else out. I love Drew Holiday as a player. Love him. Uh, he's perfect for the Heat, also. But he's also going to be 30 soon. I, I so and not on that. Not, not at that price tag. Not, not at that price tag, right? So, so that's where I look yeah. at it. All right. So, last thing here for me, and we appreciate the time again. Check him out at Darth Amin for all of his hot takes. Um, when do you come back down to Miami? By the way, when are you going to see this team again? For I'm coming. I'll be at the Laker game on the 13th. So we're doing a jump from Miami on the 13th. I'll uh, be at that game, and then the 14th, I'm going to be at Moss, Miami, uh, the big level start of that. Of course. Uh, down at Wynwood, uh, down in Wynwood, yeah. All right, so beer at Blackbird Ordinary while you're down there, or no? Is that, uh, is that in the I'm, I'm going I'm going dry, man. I'm going dry until New Year's. I just, oh. I, I, this is a, a little fun story. Last time I was in Miami was for, was for Dan's wedding uh, a few weeks ago, and um, so I, you know, I was looking at the time, like, oh, hop in the shower, get dressed. I'll catch the last 15 minutes of cocktail hour. Everything will be cool. And, and I'll catch ceremony after that. And so I showered. And as I'm trying to get dressed, I couldn't button my shirt. And so I said, well, let me get back to that. So I put on my pants. I couldn't button my pants. And I realized for the first time in my adult life, I didn't fit clothes that fit me once, like not that long ago. And so I realized that, yeah, I probably need to slow down on a whole lot of stuff. So I took a kind of a vow of, not celibacy, but a vow of uh, <laughs> dryness through the new year. So I'm, I'm trying. I'm, I don't know how Moss Miami is going to go. That might have to be a cheat day. But uh, 
Yeah, I'm, I'll come out to Black Boy Road I don't, I don't know if I have a drink, but I might have a, a water and, yeah, just, we'll, and we'll, just celebrate. We'll, we'll get you a drink. You're gonna change the Twitter handle to Dry <laughs> Mean. All right. So, so last thing. So other people buy you a drink down here. Um, I know you said you don't know how this will work in the playoffs. I think you know one of the things that Alex and I have talked about here a lot on the pod is that the Heat are kind of two different teams right now. That that they're they're blowing out bad teams. Um, with their shooting and their spacing, their, their passing and all that. And then against the better teams, they seem to draw all of them on the second night of back-to-backs on the road. Yeah. Uh, and they had no legs against the Lakers. They had no legs against the Celtics. I think they missed Goron against, I don't know that it would have been different, but I think yeah. they missed Goron against the Celtics. Um, they won the, Justin Smith you know, the game against game. Brooklyn. They won kind of a you know really interesting game against Toronto, but they, they kind of look like two different teams. What is, to, in your view, as currently constituted, they don't make a big trade this year. This is the team. What is the, sort of the highest level that you think this team could get to this year? Second round of the playoffs? Conference finals. Okay. I didn't even get to the conference finals. I just, I don't know if they'll have enough other than, I just don't know if they'll have enough to get to the NBA finals. Uh, I think, you know, especially considering how young this team is. Because that's the other part. Because you know, people I, I'm sure will point to, um, you know, Toronto did it basically with Jimmy Butler, and and uh, but that team had vets, right? Marcus is a vet, Kyle Lowry's a vet, Serge Ibaka's a vet, um, Siakam not a vet, but played very well. But then also had moments where he looked very young. Fred Van Vliet looked non-existent for two and a half series. And so and and uh, the times when it looked like it was going to be all over for them, including Game Seven against the Philadelphia 76ers, all those guys looked their age. They looked super young and super scared, and then Kawhi Leonard just had to keep grinding through it. Um, Miami, in that sense, I think I look at them and I say, oof, who are your vets? You got Jimmy, you got Goron. Who else? All these guys, man, this is brand new for them. Bam and, and Hero and Nunn and and Duncan Robinson. I guess Kelly Olenek, some some degree, but you know, it just is a, a limited amount of experience. And so as you get deeper and you're going to be playing against teams that are experienced, whether it's the Sixers, whether it's the, the Celtics or the Bucks, all three of those teams have a ton of experience on the floor. I, I don't know if Jimmy and, and some plucky upstarts is going to be enough to overcome uh, that gap in experience. And obviously, those teams are talented as well. And so I, I see conference finals as, as kind of the ceiling. Uh, but that's obviously, pretty, that's, look, that, that's a pretty high ceiling for a team that before the year was 43 wins in Vegas. You know, so I mean, I think yeah. I, I think what we've seen is a lot of and I've had the conversation with Mark Stein when he's been down and others. Um, I, I think they're seeing more in this heat team than they did before the year. I mean, I said a high, you know, their ceiling was a three seed. I thought they could get there, but uh, they're they're a little ahead of schedule even for me. All right, follow him at Darth Amin. When you see him at Blackbird Ordinary or other places, Moss Miami down here, make sure you buy him a drink to get him off this ridiculous dryness thing. I'll get you a trainer. I mean, okay? It's fine. I got, I got a trainer. <laughs> All right? You'll, you'll have a drink. Uh, we appreciate it, man. Follow him. Trainer? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> follow follow him. Uh, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Follow him at The Jump. Follow him at SiriusXM NBA. Follow his hot takes at Darth Amin. Amin, thanks for doing it, man. No problem. Thanks, guys. All right. I want to thank Amin again for joining us. We've got a programming note after 
we get to this. I want to thank another of the great sponsors of the Five Reasons Sports Network, and that, of course, is Dutch Valley Farms. What's Dutch Valley Farms? For starters, they're not your average cannabis grow farm. They've got deep roots in the 305, and their homegrown group of doctors, CPAs, and Silicon Valley professionals have taken their talents from the 305 to the 503 to make the finest flower out there. How does Miami find its way all the way out in Oregon? It's simple. A team with a shared belief in cannabis research and erasing the stigma behind the bud. Today, the Dutch Valley Farms crew is bringing together all Old school growing practices with new school tech to deliver a consistently clean, high quality experience that you can feel good about. The proof is in the plant. Do you want more information? Visit DutchVF.com or follow them on Instagram at Dutch Valley Farms. All right. One programming note wanted to get here. Our next watch party is going to be December 18th at Gold Club. It was going to be the fourth. We pushed it back. It's a good thing because that Heat Celtics game went about how that Heat Rockets game went. So we're going to try again. Heat Sixers, December 18th at the Gold Club in Pompano. So look for details at Five Reason Sports and also on FiveReasonSports.com. Ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.